kingdoms collide, the scavenger hunt of Fanta and Pyote is here. That's right, baby. When kingdoms collide, there's a scavenger hunt where Vamp, the Impaled, does whatever else you said. They, to the pits. That's where he goes. Because he's devoted to destruction. <laughs> anyway, beautiful. Let's do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. On my right-hand side is my right-hand man, a Gabriel. Yo! And today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Snake Blade. He's got a new album called The Kingdom, which was released on July 31st via Moon Shooter Productions. What? And right now, I don't know why you shoot the moon. The whole earth would go cave in on itself or something. Anyway, uh, and right now I'm being joined by Mike. He's going to share some more information about what he has been up to and some information about the track. So super exciting stuff. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John and Gabriel. Thank you for having me. This is great. Absolutely. You're quite welcome. You were going to say something? You are welcome to. Beautiful. Now, I guess kind of a really cool, not really cool actually at all, but a very interesting question because coronavirus is not cool. But finding out <laughs> what, what bands have been up to during this time is cool. So that's kind of my yeah. my, my, my rephrase. So normally it's it. it's August. We'd be saying, cool, you released this album. You've been touring the world. How has that been going? But instead, it's kind of more like, well, you release the album and then what? So has your plans for the year changed or is everything kind of just on track? What has the year looked like for you, Mike? Well, it's it's funny, actually, John. Um, Snake Blade was actually started just months ago uh, during the coronavirus. And it was actually kind of in, in the, not inspired by it, but the circumstances around COVID-19 and the quarantine and everything actually led me to start this project. Um, so in a way I have this whole debacle to thank for it. Um, it was a few months ago, so it was probably in March, uh, when things really started to kick off with the virus and, uh, we were going into the isolation and everybody was spending lots of time at home. Um, and during this time, like I was pretty anxious about what was happening and everybody around the world was, was kind of going into a panic and I was pretty bored as well at home. Um, and so to find something to fill my time as well as distract myself from the craziness that was going on in the world, uh, I started this project Snake Blade. And so it's kind of been my quarantine baby. And I spent long hours sitting at the computer with my guitar. Uh, it's a one-man project. Um, and I wrote this album, The Kingdom, in a, about one month. I just banged it out, like just went super hard in this project, absorbed myself in it. And I wrote these six songs on the album, recorded them uh, in about one month. And then since then, I've been working with the mixing and mastering engineers, putting together the album. Um, and it was finally released just on July 31st. Wow. Congratulations. And very uh, one of the first of its kind, I guess you could say. I mean, granted, a lot of bands have been super busy. But to start it you know, a few months ago write the whole thing in a month, get it to some mix and mastering engineers, have it out, and then you know be doing interviews a few months later. That itself, I don't think, is too terribly common. So congratulations there, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, it all came together just super, super fast, uh, but everything just flowed so naturally. Like it, it didn't even really feel like I was doing work writing the album. I was just kind of, oh, I'm, I'm really bored. Let's, let's do something to fill up my time. And uh, it just came, everything just like flowed and... The songs all kind of just wrote themselves, really. So, yeah, yeah. That's what, 
one of the things I was going to ask is, you know, because you were able to do it so quickly, the second thing is it doesn't sound like a one-man band. A lot of times, one-man bands sound like a one-man band. It's so hard to explain, yeah. but I'm sure you know what I mean. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't sound like a one-man band. The whole thing flows together really well. It's very well written. It's almost like my, my question is, seriously, you expect me to believe that there was nothing and then now there's something that this was not like a, in the back of your brain on the back burner for, for a little bit? Right. Well, I've I've been a musician now for about a year, like playing in, in other bands. Um, like I've, I've played guitar my whole life and I and um, I messed around with drums and everything growing up. And I always dreamed of being a band. And so um, a few years ago, I, I actually I've started my uh, another solo project last year, um, which was a different style and everything. Uh, and I played in another band in Vancouver here. It's more of a technical death metal band. And then when all this Corona stuff started, I kind of wanted to experiment and do something a little bit different than the, the one-man project I did before and the band that I'm in. Um, and so I, I, I've definitely been a musician and dreamed of, of doing this for so long. Um, and then when this started, I, I've already kind of had all the equipment in my place and like already had the studio and the guitars and the bass. And I had kind of done this a lot of this stuff before writing songs for the other two bands, um, so it was really familiar to me. And like I knew how to go about it. I knew like I had the right equipment and the tools, and the I knew what the process was going to be like. Um, so it definitely has, has been a long time in the making, but at the same time, I did it all in one month. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of like I'm trying to remember. If it's like Zen philosophy or something. I heard it from some place where basically. You know, every single day you're working on the culmination of your next move. And it seems like, you know, where you are now, you've led up to this moment. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, it's a mix of preparation and luck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Something, you mentioned, something you mentioned there was equipment. And I know for the nerds out there that are listening in, we want to know. Okay. So you're a one man band in your bedroom in Vancouver. Now, Oh, man, we could go on for days about this, Mike. But I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like a bedroom recording. Yeah, thank you. you know, that, that, that's very nice to hear as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know how much that really happens so much anymore because of the amount of technology we have available. But I remember, you know, 20 years ago, there that was a thing. Like, there were people who tried to record at home, and then there were people that went to the studio, and you could hear the difference. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. Whereas now, like if I want Lars Ulrich to play on my record, I can download his snare drum. You know, it, it's crazy. So <laughs> my question is for the, all the gear nerds out there, if you don't mind saying, what did you use on the record? I think the gear nerds will be very surprised um, and probably disappointed <laughs> or, because <laughs> because uh, I am... I'm pretty cheap when it comes to gear and I'll try and do everything at the bare minimum cost. I'll like everything I've tried to use so far has been free, uh, and or cheap. Um, and so guitar wise, uh, I'm using a used guitar that I bought, uh, several years ago. It's an Ibanez. Um, I don't even know the model of it. It was a hundred dollars. Uh, it was like the cheapest guitar I could find. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can appreciate nice gear and everything. This guitar is actually is actually great. Um, 
I'm not a gearhead myself at all, so like they'll probably be laughing at me right now. Um, but then for so uh, that's the guitar. I, I have a Yamaha bass, uh, a five-string bass that I use for the recordings. Um, that plugs in right into a Focusrite uh, Scarlett 2i2, which is the interface into the computer. Uh, on the computer, I use Reaper, which is the digital audio workspace. Um, it would be similar to like Logic or Pro Tools and all that. Um, Reaper is like a free open source one. Um, I've been using that for several years and that works great. And so the instruments actually go into the computer with the raw signal. And from there, I'm able to amp it. Um, and I use the guitar amps I use are the Ignite Emissary and the NAD IR uh, impulse response. That's the uh, that's what actually makes it sound like an electric guitar um, through the computer. So it is all digital. Um, but it's really cool because you can kind of tweak everything after the fact. So you can like record, record your guitars. And then if you're not totally happy afterwards with how it's sounding, you can tweak like all the different knobs and um, dial in the sound that you want. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. And everything that I use there for guitars is completely free. I, I've found it online um, and you can do the exact same. I'm happy to share the links with every, anybody if they want to get the snake blade guitar tone. <laughs> um, but and then it's and then again for the for the drums they are programmed um, and that was a lot a lot of work making the drums sound as real as they could um, it is a one man band so I, I can't record drums in my apartment here um, I would love to I'd love to eventually do live recording drums um, but for now the, the drums on the kingdom are programmed uh, and for that I use a, a tool called MT Power Kit and that is again completely free. Okay, the snake yeah. blade secret right there. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of yeah, it's it's kind of just the way I, I go about things, and I, I I try and present that as honestly as I can in snake blade. It's like it's not a it's not a fancy thing. It's it's black metal. It's bedroom black metal, and it's cheap. It's dirty, and yeah, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know, one of my other questions was as well, and I think a lot of people would be surprised because they're expecting you to to, to name all of these fancy things or to say, you know, I just sent the mix engineer, uh, you know, the DIs, and he reamped it with, and you insert, you know, fancy amplifier here. Uh, but uh, there's a saying: it's not the gear, it's your ear. And uh, I think what you did was you just took the time that was necessary with. Out turning the whole thing into what I'm calling a hard drive project, where you know you were bored, you recorded some stuff, and you just let it collect dust. You're like, no, let's get this thing out there. Let's do what we can do, uh, and it sounds great. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, it, yeah, and, and, and that's not to say like I, I did a lot of work um, with these tools. They're great tools just because they're they're free or they're not like the fanciest ones out there. They're great. They got the job done. I was really happy with the sound that they made, and I didn't see any reason to. Um, to have to go and purchase these, like you could spend loads of money on it. Um, but why not if I could get it done with these? Uh, and yeah, I, I was really happy with the way it came out. Um, and that, be, that said, like the mixing and mastering that I had done on the album helped so, so much. Um, I can't thank Miles. He's the mixing engineer. Like we, we worked pretty closely, uh, throughout the process. Uh, and he was a super big help to dialing in everything and making it sound like the way it does on the record, which is actually quite clean. Uh, and audible for a black metal record. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the funny thing is, um, 
initially when I heard it, I mean, I hear some black metal stuff in there, but I kind of hear, at least maybe on the tracks we're chatting about today, uh, some power metal as well. Yeah. Or do you disagree? No, totally. I agree. Um, it, I've, it's been funny hearing people try and put it into a metal subgenre. I've heard people toss out like technical, melodic, black metal with elements of thrash and power. And it just sounds like it's, a, yeah, it's just a big mix of everything. Yeah. Um, just, that's a buffet that you're not hungry. You know, you're like, oh, <laughs> great. Dude, overflowing with fried rice and I just ate. So I'm not hungry. <laughs> yeah. Po Post melodic trajectory core that, what? Yeah. It's, I mean, I hear, um, I, hear some, I hear some thrash in there as well, but I mean, yeah. For sure. There's definitely thrash. I would say like, because I, I, I wasn't aiming for, I, I definitely didn't want to just copy like the black metal look and, and formula and style and everything. So I wanted to do my own thing. I was, I was like, what I was going for was a black metal sound. And I think it, the sound, like the quality, especially like the vocals, um, that's a very like black metal sound but uh at the same time it's more of like a fun upbeat music so uh, there's definitely some power metal definitely like melodic sections and thrash in there as well um so I, I, all of my influences i think kind of shine through on it um and it's just it's just fun it's just really like a fun experience i think to listen to it mm -hmm. without without stroking your own ego too much <laughs> God, I love listening to my record. It's great. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, um, one of the things we were going to get into is popular tracks off the album. Now, obviously, When Kingdoms Collide, that's like your big uh, swan song. Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah. You know, now, the, the album is called The Kingdom, and then this track is called When Kingdoms Collide. So yeah. I'm a little confused. Is is the kingdom colliding? What What's going on? I guess on this EP, is it a, a concept in Toto? It is not a concept. Um, the Kingdom, I chose the name The Kingdom because it's all about kind of the nerdy fantasy. All the lyrics on it are about the, the, the fantasy, like medieval battles and, and fantasy series that I was into. Um, and so I, I just kind of imagined it being this like, this big empire. This, is, this project is like my empire of nerdiness. <laughs> at least on the album um and when kingdoms collide was the very first song i wrote for this project uh and it kind of led all of the other songs um in like a creative direction and it's actually based on the witcher uh which is a series that i was watching on netflix actually during all this um during all the coronavirus stuff and there's this one battle scene there with the nilf guardian empire and it's just like this total chaos scene. Um, and that was kind of a big inspiration behind this to have like what I was envisioning is like two castles and their armies meeting in the middle on this big plane and having like men with swords fighting on the ground and tr trolls and dragons and mythical creatures all clashing on the battlefield and then like wizards and witches casting spells. Um, and it's just supposed to describe this like big epic battle. Okay, I mean, you went like total nerd on that one, and I was—I didn't—I didn't know whether to to interrupt you or let you keep going. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, um, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm totally a nerd, and I will—I will say it loud and proud. 
Now I'm imagining, you know, that video of you on the mountaintop where you currently are, of course. I just imagine, you know, like a dragon going by and, make, and making a noise and like there's <laughs> stuff going on. I think I think it would work for you. It'd be good. Yeah, dude, dude. Are you into, <laughs> are you in, are you into fantasy at all? Like Lord of the Rings, The Witcher, that kind of stuff? No. Uh, okay. But my 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 wife, on the other hand, plays D and D, so I think that's kind of close. Yep. So uh, Snake Blade was actually the first character that I made in Dungeons and Dragons, and that's where the uh, the name comes from. Boom. There you Boom. go. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I work with some people who are really into D and D, and like they, they, to them, metal and D and D is synonymous with each other. And to me, it, it, I guess political unrest and uh, and angst in metal are synonymous with me. So it's almost kind of interesting the two kind of camps, I guess, that somewhat exist. Yeah, that is very interesting. And I, I, a lot of like the the band that I play in here, it's cool to see like the other members and what what gets them going in metal. And for me, it's totally, it's like the fantasy, it's the sci-fi, it's the like kind of bizarreness in metal. Like the other, like there's just a lot of bands now that do like other worlds and like other dimensions and are totally into that like sci-fi fantasy sort of thing. Um, and a lot of, like I do love like Megadeth or Lamb of God and they kind of talk about more like political themes. Um, but for me, like what's always been exciting about it is just kind of like the weird, bizarre, like sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, something else we were going to chat about is uh, on YouTube, we've got Scavenger being the second most popular track. And on Spotify, we have Vamp the Impaled being the second most popular track. And I always love asking about that. And something that you mentioned in the pre-roll was, well, that's kind of crazy. So take me through, I guess, maybe your emotions on that one, because I think you were saying that it was kind of surprising that people really liked Vamp the Impaled. Yeah. Yeah. So... Scavenger is a little bit of a different song. It's more on the on the death metal spectrum, I would say. Um, whereas Vamp the Impaled is a lot more punky. It's more like upbeat. It's got a soft acoustic section that leads into it, and it sort of like builds up before it it launches into total chaos. Um, and I think I think people really love the punk side to that song and it's it's really it's like the most um upbeat song i would say like it's the most like active and energetic and it's it's definitely got like hooks in it as well um i was not expecting people to react the way they did to that song but it's it's awesome to see that it's it is a really fun song to play uh and also the solo on it i had a a friend do a guest solo on that uh, my friend kyler and it's just a, a crazy solo um i was I always kind of imagine that song as being like a deep cut that people would be like, "Oh, this is a this is a cool one." But if that's one people gravitate to, that's that's totally cool. It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, sweet. Now, is this is this about Vlad the Impaler? So this one, um, Vamp is a character in Metal Gear Solid. He's one of the villains, um, and this song is about kind of his life growing up, and it's called Vamp the Impaled because. The, I, I read a bunch about this character backstory when I was writing, and it's called Vamp the Impaled because when this character was young, uh, his parents were killed in a bombing uh, in a church, and during that bombing, he was impaled by a cross, and that's what turned him into this like brutal vampire-like killer that uh, since that moment was just totally ruthless and... 
uh, would is like a total just assassin and would drink people's blood, and he had like these vampirish qualities. Um, and it, this, this whole song actually started from a sample that I heard from the video game, uh, which is the very first line. Um, he's Romanian, a wizard with knives. And I just thought that was like the coolest way to describe someone, like <laughs> a wizard with knives. And so I, well. I did a bunch more like research into the game <laughs> and wrote the song kind of around that whole concept. Um, but but Vamp the Impaled as well, like it's a it's a cool song not because not just because of like the Metal Gear Solid that I talk about, but it's also. I'm looking back on it now, like the lyrics that I put in there are also kind of more of a statement for Snakeblade. It's kind of like there's there's a few lines that are like die by the sacred blade, like my life is war, um, like this is my life's beck and call. It's kind of like a statement of like, this is who I am, this is Snakeblade. Um, and it's kind of a song about like accepting who you are. So it's, uh, I think that, that might be why people relate to it, even though it's a, about a villain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, villainy is on the other side of the coin of whatever else heroism, I guess, or whatever. Um, you know, in order yeah. to fight, in order to fight crime, you have to be a criminal yourself to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. that's what I tell myself every single day in the mirror. Like, God damn it, you are one good-looking guy, and then you just you know wink and move on. So um, much of, like the cool part of metal, though, is is getting that villain point of view. Like one of my favorite bands, uh, the Black Dahlia Murder. That's that's what Trevor has often said about that he loves about metal is that it's kind of the it's it's the the villain point of view and that you don't get that perspective a lot in the world. No, no, you have. I guess the the, the other parlay to that would be country music, where everybody is a hero, so it just works. You just listen to metal and then listen to country, and then there you go. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. All right. Well. Um, I believe that is all of my questions for you, Mike. So unless there's anything else that you wanted to bring up that I did not ask myself, um, please let me know. Otherwise, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Yeah, thanks, John. This has been great. Um, thanks so much for having me on. This is a great little chat. And if you're listening, go check out The Kingdom. It is my debut album, and it's finally out. It's a It's a fun black metal record, and it's all one man. And there's lots of more stuff coming for Snakeblade. So keep your ears tuned. Great. Go ahead, his top, please, sweetie.